Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 122 of the Imagineer Podcast. In this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off with last week's Disney Attraction Soundtracks Part 1 in a new spinoff series we're calling The Mouse and the Music. This episode's going to be Part 2. In Part 1, we covered our favorite Disney Attraction Soundtracks at the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. And as you heard, there were so many soundtracks that we love from those attractions at the parks. We're going to shift gears now to finish off Walt Disney World and Disneyland by covering Disney's Hollywood Studio. Disney's Animal Kingdom, Disneyland, and Disney California Adventure. I'm really excited for you to hear what our answers are, and I'm really curious if you share some of the same sentiments about your favorite Disney attraction soundtracks at these parks. Before we get started, I do want to give a very special thanks to our sponsor, WDW Magazine. You can learn more about their print and digital editions by clicking on the link in the show notes of this episode or by heading to ImagineerPodcast.com. At the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer podcast. Let's um let's head to Hollywood Studios. Um, okay. And some of a, these are going to get a little bit smaller for me. Like Epcot's my favorite one. So some of these parks I only have. I just I again I wanted to be very specific on on some of my favorites. So um I uh so some of these parks I only have just one. So if you have more, then you can go for it. But some of these I just have one or two uh, at most. Um. So you were talking about Hollywood Studios. Yeah, Hollywood Studios has a lot of existing, for obvious reasons, it's based on a lot of existing films and shows and movies, um, so I, I, I tried not to go too much with those, but um, you know, one that was developed specifically for the park and is a new classic, um, I'm breaking your rule, Mike, because I, I haven't experienced this yet, but uh, that's because I know I will get motion sick on it. Um, is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And they have a song, Nothing Can Stop Us Now. It was written by Christopher Willis and Elise Willis. Um, really, it sounds like it's been in the parks forever. And it sounds like it comes from a Mickey short. Um, and talk about an earworm. It's a two-minute song, but easily gets in, stuck in your head. Um, like you walk off that attraction or even in my case you just listen to 10 seconds of the song and you're like nothing can stop us now and it's like stuck in your head on loop like the triple mint gum commercial from inside out or something um but this was a great you know disney doesn't write a lot of new music for attractions specifically um they do for shows but for rides they haven't really developed an original ride soundtrack in quite a while and so um, well, I guess there are some exceptions to this, but one that almost it feels like a yeah. I'm I'm totally now that I think about it. I have some on my list that are new new attractions, but yeah, there's something about this that feels old tiny um, and is almost feels like a Sherman Brothers tune because it's simple, catchy, fun, upbeat, and um, 
again, le- you leave there just singing that song. So, uh, and thinking about original park songs, this was one that was first I thought of entering the park and at the top of the list. So someone who has actually did the attraction before, I will say that I do agree with you. It's definitely super catchy song. And that entire that entire experience is, is, you know, especially musically, is just super fun and bouncy. And literally, I found myself laughing like a like a five year old on that ride because it was just it was just such a fun experience of what they did. And no question about it. It's both the ride itself as well as the uh, the music that they have to it that made it so much fun as an attraction. Yeah, for sure. So do you only have one at this park? I only have one. Um, okay. We can talk about more of them, but again, I, I wanted to, I didn't like, I could put like every single traction down. So I really want to focus on just like my absolute favorite, favorite ones. And so for this one, this is always, um, it's always a hard call, but no question my top five of attractions of all time, actually. And that is Rockin' Roller Coaster. It's on my I list too. Love it. And you know what? I want to talk about this one because it's a, about the record industry so i'm the perfect <laughs> one to talk about this ride um which is amazing and in fact uh thanks to you uh, i'm not sure if we're ever going to release the video or not but i found uh you found the g-force records producer uh name plaque and so of course i had to take that because that was just absolutely perfect so thank you for that one so glad i yes, spotted it rock and roller coaster is such an amazing ride in fact that is the ride that got me into aerosmith which i know is true for a lot of people and it's amazing how if you take music from an artist and put it into a different environment how many people will you know will discover it for the first time and you know this came out in 1999 i was i think 13 at the time something like that so it's the time that i was starting to get my taste into especially into rock music so i know who aerosmith was but i wasn't a huge fan of them but i loved rock and roller coaster everything about that right and there's no question about it the actual coaster itself is relatively simple but because it's in the dark indoors and that soundtrack that they've selected for that ride is everything that makes the biggest difference in the world by far is the soundtrack that they selected for that ride and uh so that one is by far one of my favorite attractions love the soundtrack in fact uh i was doing some uh research into it and i knew that there's a soundtrack for uh, like a different soundtrack for each of the cars as well so i'm gonna go i actually i'm running all down the license plate numbers as well as what songs are for each one of them so the first one is one q k l i m o or one click limo one quick limo and that's just nine lives that actually is the only one that has only one song that plays throughout the whole thing that's actually my favorite one that is my second favorite okay I'm curious to hear what your first favorite is, but that that for me it's it, it fits the coaster so well. So that's why it, it's my favorite one. Me too. It's 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 you know s- you know super high tempo, high energy song, just like Aerosmith is, but it has that driving beat to it. And there there's on a uh, slight segue because this is a little bit about us. Is that the other reason why I know that song has nothing to do with Disney? But I'm gonna talk about it anyway. Is that it was also the intro song to a video game uh, from the Dead or Alive series, uh, which is a fighting game. Uh, which was Dead or Alive 3. And I know you remember because every time that you would visit us in Arizona, uh, it was a game we always played on Xbox. And that in- that intro song was also Nine Lives. I did not remember that. Yep. Very interesting. So that's also why I love, I love that uh, song so much. So that's one of them. Uh, the second one is U-G-O-B-A-B-E or You Go Babe. And that's uh, Love in an Elevator and Walk This Way. Which is interesting because Love in an Elevator is actually on two of the cars. 
Um, that's not my favorite one, though, but that's another one. Uh, the third one is B-U-H-B-Y-E, which is bye-bye. And that is uh, Young Lust, um, F-I-N-E, and Love in an Elevator, but the roller coaster version. And that is my favorite one only because of the Love in an Elevator roller coaster version ending. The other two songs are not my favorites from Aerosmith, but the fact that they got C. Tyler to go back in and record the vocals of changing the end to say Love is a roller coaster is like the coolest thing I've ever thought. Like that they were able to make that happen. And I like almost every single time I want that one car because to me that is the perfect way to end the ride is to end it that way so that by far is the one now that I also know what the specific license plate is I'm going to try to see every time I ride it to request that car every single time um so that's my favorite by far um the next one is h8trffc which is hate traffic which if you live in LA, you know, or even New York for that matter, <laughs> you understand that or pretty much anybody. Yep. Uh, and that is back in the saddle and do looks like a lady. And uh, that's, that's a good one too. I really like that one. And then the last one is uh, too, too fast for you. So two F A S T and then number four, then you, and that's just sweet emotion, which is actually a live version of the song. It's the only live version that they have um, on the car. So um, yeah, great, great mix. Uh, some of them with medley, some with variations, some that have single songs. So they have a great variety of the Aerosmith music. And yeah, every single time, even from the pre-show, hearing the riff or Walk This Way, it just gets you so stoked on, on riding that coaster. There is a six soundtrack, Mike. That was one? never, there was never released. Yes, there was a six one. I did read about that. I did not include it in there because it was the fact it was it never released. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I did read about that too. And that was What Kind of Lover You Want, I think. And um, I can't remember the second song that's attached to it. But yeah, I, I found it interesting that there was... That was specifically for actually Disneyland Paris. So that's uh, why gotcha. you might not have to include it here. That version was developed afterwards. So they wanted to have an updated soundtrack included. So that was one that was proposed and they didn't eventually make it. So they made it, but they didn't end up using it. So um, I thought that was an interesting choice as well. But I have to agree. I mean, Rock and Roller Coaster is is the other one on my list that was originally, um, well, not necessarily. These songs weren't developed for the attraction, but the the versions, the variations, the the compositions or the arrangement was developed for the attraction. So that's a, a really solid choice. The only other one that I want to mention, which is not really one that's heard on the ride itself, but is the theme song, is Midway Mania. And I don't know Ooh. who wrote it. I tried to find it. Couldn't find out who wrote it. But it is sung by Don Rickles, who is the voice of Mr. Potato Head. Wow. Um, so you actually hear that in the queue. So, um, but it's just like a fun little Midway Mania song. It's only like a minute long. But uh, that's the only other one that was on here. Everything else is pretty much comes from existing properties like the Twilight Zone theme. Oh, I'll give you one more. Um, this is not really, this is more of a lands, but it is played in both attractions. But the theme to Galaxy's Edge, the Galaxy's Edge mm. suite, the fact that they brought John Williams back to the table to develop a song for a land that is based in Star Wars, um, to keep with the tradition of John Williams writing the music for Star Wars canon films. Um, and that this song is featured both in Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. So I, I have to include that there as well. But no, otherwise, not too much else in terms of 
rides or shows, if we were talking about nighttime spectaculars, Fantasmic would have been on the list. But um, Ooh, that would have been a good one too. Yeah, but didn't uh, didn't include that because it's not a uh, a nighttime spectacular. Should we jump to Animal Kingdom then? We do, and I only got one on there. Um, so ooh, only one. Only I one. have, I have uh, at least two good ones. Ooh, um, okay. Because I actually yes. found it a little challenging to even find because you know they're you know attractions that have music to them. So um, for me, it's Flight of Passage. Uh, that is not even one of the two or three I'm thinking of. Ooh, oh wow! I got actually got uh got you one in there. So uh, they brought James Horner back to do the soundtrack for the Flight of Passage, and so it has you know, and, and he was the original composer for uh, Avatar, and did an absolutely gorgeous job uh, making you feel immersed in the world of Pandora. And so I absolutely loved, um, you know, so I really appreciate that that ride and that's that's definitely also one of my favorite rides now is flight of passage and uh anytime i hear that soundtrack i really feel like i'm actually on this otherworldly planet uh so that song uh that's that so i put it's not a song but that soundtrack specifically i have on my list is um is that one the one though i will say that i intentionally did not have on my list is navi river journey oh i was going there next (laughs) i knew you were so all right so um you could talk about it first, and then I'll tell I'll tell everyone why it's intentionally not on my list. Look, Navi River Journey is underappreciated, and in, in general. So okay. Also, I, also, I do love the ride, everyone. I do love the ride, <laughs> but there's a reason why I didn't put it on this list. I have a little story to tell, but go ahead. That's fair. Um, I love this song. Um, it is beautiful. That's pretty much all I can say about it. It is a beautiful piece. Uh, even listening to it at home, it's just so peaceful and tranquil and yes, the shaman is not exactly peaceful at all times or you know, there's some there's some loud vocals in there, but I especially love the melody at the end and the beginning and the way that the song the song is or the attraction is is developed around that song. Um and it's really a, a celebration of music and a really foreign alien type of way but you still at the end of the day can appreciate it um it was composed by simon franklin who was a co-composer for a lot of uh pandora music the lyrics were by paul fromer and the vocals are by uh, or, or was sung by sandra benton um but yeah it's it's it was on here because it was an original park song and it feels like for me the attraction is like um, it's a small world meets living with the land meets Pandora or meets Avatar. Um, that's so actually just a like... really good comparison. I like that <laughs> a lot. In fact, so here's here's the funny part of the story because I'm glad that you mentioned it. it's a small world. So go for it. The fact that it, you're 100 percent correct. It is such a gorgeous, beautiful song, and uh, you know, and I and I really it's very calming, and just like it's a small world, it just makes you very serene, right, and just happy to hear it however if you hear it over and over and over and over again it can get start starts getting a little bit monotonous and so i remember one time we were on the on the attraction and we were stuck at the very end by the exit where the shaman is at the end and spoiler alert if you haven't done it yet sorry but it's been now several years so too bad um 
so the shaman's at the very end and so we're sitting there and all you hear is that line of mane wa mane wa mane wa and after a while it started getting to me and i started being quite vocal about it in the boat with everybody else so it was started like okay i get it like stop please stop already because even only a couple of minutes it started getting on my nerves so now it's become an ongoing joke with with a bunch of us about that particular line on that song <laughs> that reason that's uh i mean any any attraction i've got one at disneyland that's uh that actually is the same situation but we'll, um we'll talk about that too um but yeah that's the only one i had on my list um was via passage what else did you have for animal kingdom you missed a big one what i you missed? missed a big one for from a music perspective you missed a big one and that is finding name of the musical you know i've never done it Okay, so that's probably why. Yeah. Um, you might not know. So there is a song that's developed for Finding Nemo the Musical that's also in the the Seas with Nemo and Friends at Epcot, which is the Big Blue World. Right, which and is a great song. I really like that song. Um, do you know who specific- wrote it? No, who wrote that? So the composers of the original songs for Finding Nemo the Musical were Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson wrote Lopez, who also wrote Frozen. Of course. That's why it sounds the way it does. Yes. Um. So absolutely, uh, I love the fact that they had them come in. This is before Frozen, so had them write these pieces, and then it's just in the Big Blue World is one of the like best Disney Park songs, modern Disney Park songs. So um, yeah, so that that had to be on there, and there's a couple of other songs that they wrote for the attraction too. Um, the other one that you have done, but I know you don't like, and it has an original theme song, is "It's Tough to Be a Bug." And the theme song yep. is called It's Tough to Be a Bug. Um, <laughs> whether or not you like the attraction, it's just, it's such a fun song. Um, the way it's sung, the lyrics, um, it's teaching you something, right? If you love vegetables, fresh fruit and flowers, thanks, uh, thank, give thanks to us bugs for our marvelous powers. I mean, it's just like such catchy lyrics. And this was actually written by... Um, who is it written by? It was written by George Wilkins and Kevin Rafferty. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was um, classic Disney composers, well, Imagineer and classic Disney composer who wrote this song. So that was the only one I had on here. But otherwise, yeah, not too much that's unique. You want to flip to the other side of the country then? Let's flip to Disneyland. What do you Disneyland. have over at Disneyland? Okay. So there was one we mentioned it before in Magic Kingdom. As I, we talked about before, We there were some that would double up. So... Uh, I actually only have two because of this reason. Um, and there, I can do also a couple of honorable honorable mentions, so we can get into that as well. But for me, I'll mention this, is Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. And now I of know, course. I think we were, I think we had this unspoken rule that we would not incorporate soundtracks from, from other, uh, from yeah, other it's things. Okay. But I'm yeah. going to include anyway in here because Indiana Jones is probably my favorite attraction of all time, and so I love it. And the way they incorporated the the composition of John Williams from the different film Indiana Jones films and in making it part of the story of the ride was absolutely brilliant. And one of the other things I want to mention is actually because of an interview that. Uh, that was on the Imagineer podcast with Tony Baxter. And one of the things that I really liked about what he was talking about, especially especially with uh, Indiana Jones, the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, is that he mentioned that if they started the ride and you go off and immediately you hear the theme of dun 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 you know that it's going to be fake. Because you're get, right away you're getting into the hero song. But no, they have this 
other, you know, this other type of ominous music that that brings you along and thinking like you're traveling to gain riches or to find youth or the future, um, going up to Mara. And of course, naturally, somebody in the vehicle is going to look at the eyes of Mara. And then all of a sudden you turn to your doom. And once that turn happens, now the fanfare comes in and now you're on the journey, you know, you're on this adventure with Indiana Jones. And when he said that, it made so much sense. And you don't really always think about those things. And it's and he's a hundred percent correct. If they didn't time that music right, it would take the magic completely out of that attraction. And it's because they thought so much about when it's appropriate to have that music, um, in especially when you're experiencing this ride, is is everything. It sure is. I love that he spoke about that too. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's pretty much all from. John Williams Indiana Jones score but uh I there's nothing wrong with with mentioning it here um I'll go with a classic I'll go with the one we didn't talk about at Magic Kingdom there's a couple we didn't talk about at Magic Kingdom but I'll go with the um <clears throat> Pirates of the Caribbean yep. uh, and the main song Yo-Ho Pirate's Life for Me which was written by George Bruns and Exitensio this was the real first shot that Walt gave X to develop a song for an attraction and again partnered him with George Bruns who really wrote the music the 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 song all the instrumentals to the song and then X wrote the lyrics to it talk about a vocabulary lesson for children um there's a lot of big words uh, as as Barbosa would say a lot of long words in there <laughs> um we're nothing but humble pirates but it's um there's a lot of uh it's just such a, a fun piratey type of song and it's playful. You know, pirates are really adult type. It's pirates is it's really kind of like an adult topic when you think about it. Um, but you kind of make it playful and fun. And it's like, they're, they're a bunch of like bad kids doing bad things and they get punished because of it. So there's a little bit of redemption at the end and you realize they're not really, although it's fun to be in a pirate world, you don't want to be a pirate. It's not good to be a pirate. And the song definitely plays to that too. Um, is is just really it, it's it's so much fun. Um, but this is another example. Here's a classic song, beautiful song. Well, maybe not beautiful, but a fun song. And you get stuck on Pirates of the Caribbean in a certain spot, like I did at Disneyland for nine and a half minutes, and hear the same exact phrase of the song for nine and a half minutes. It's just after the first couple of minutes. You're right, Mike. After the first couple of minutes, you're like, mm, let's move along. <laughs> and even <laughs> even for a classic song like Pirates of the Caribbean, which you love, or uh, I mean, Yoho Pirates Life for Me, which you love, you get, you know, just play one part of the song on a repeat for nine and a half minutes, one 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 minute segment, nine times again and again and again. Gets a little old um, pretty fast you and know, a little tiring. I wasn't, I was thinking about something different actually. So, and I remember because we were actually on that boat together too on we were. that experience. And you're right. And I think now, in all fairness, it wasn't the entire song, it was only one specific section of the song. Well, that's what I mean. So, uh, but yes, I do agree with you that it, after a while, it's like, okay, we're kind of done with this. Can we, can we, come on, get this thing working? Yeah. So I will also wanted to know your thoughts on the incorporation of the Hans Zimmer soundtrack from the films into the attraction. Well, I love Hans Zimmer, so I am all for it. Anything Hans Zimmer writes is gold. What are your thoughts? I feel like you have thoughts about this. <laughs> no, you actually, a blank stare. No, because well, because obviously, you know, 
Pirates of the Caribbean is is you know what we consider a Disney classic, right? And a lot of people were very upset, of course, when they incorporated the film franchise um, aspects into the ride itself, and including the music, of course. Uh, to me, because it is such an incredible score, to me actually adds to the attraction. Actually, yeah. I that was that was very welcoming. I'm on the fence about you know incorporating Jack Sparrow into the story. I think that was kind of fun, but it kind of also shoehorned a little bit too into it. So I could either take it or leave it, to be perfectly honest. But the uh, music itself, I think it gets you riled up because also besides the song itself, the rest of it is like you know you have you know the the flute version of the song too that kind of gets you a little bit into the mood. But for the most part, it's like very very subtle. Where, you know, when you do the, you know, essentially the final drop into the main part of the attraction with, you know, with the pirate ship and the, you know, the gun battle and you hear the dun 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 Like to me, it's like, all right, here we go. This is going to be adventure. It's going to be fun. So for me, I, you know, I thought that was a very welcome addition. Yeah. And it's one of those things that the movie was inspired by the attraction and was a success so the incorporation of it back into the attraction and what I think is a very tasteful way that makes sense, I'm 100% for. So I think it adds to the experience and they did evolve it over time and we can obviously talk at lengths about the history of Pirates of the Caribbean, but um, that's one of the attractions that has changed many times since opening day, um, which is good. You need it to stay up to date, otherwise it becomes an old classic and sometimes you need updates. Um but I think I went last. So what do you have on your list well, for Disneyland? You stole the other one I had on my list now. So I will say, um, I honestly, my Disneyland list, ironically, is now done. But I will do some honorable mentions. So um, to kind of add to this. I know, surprising, right? Because, again, I was trying to think of favorite attractions and also trying to split okay. them accordingly between Magic Kingdom right. and Disneyland. So okay. all fairness, that's why my Disneyland one is a little bit shorter is for that reason. Um, I know and you I also just broke the rules. Yeah, I know. We're going to break the rules this entire time. Um, I'm going to break them again because I will incorporate Star Tours in here. And even though it is based upon the scores of the Star Wars films, uh, again, I thought they did a fantastic job incorporating it into this wild adventure where you're on this, you know, on this touring ship and you happen to basically get into, uh, you know, uh, you know, a fight with the Empire and the Rebellion. And uh, to me, that was also a really, really good incorporation of the score uh, from the Star Wars films into an attraction. Star Tours is a good one. Um, I'm only I'm only making a face, uh, which the listeners can't hear through the through the screen <laughs> because you left out the, one of the most iconic songs of all time. OK, you pick because I, I like again, I want to put favorites down here. So all I right, could, I could be missing miss like I might have forgotten about it, but. I only picked favorites, so what what do you have? Okay, all right, that's fair. Whether or not you, uh, this is one that you you may love or hate, but um, it's a small world. Okay, so I intentionally not put that on my list. It is iconic. I will give you that. Is it one of my favorites? No, not that's gonna lie, fair. it's not one of my favorites, and that's why I didn't put it on my list. But it is iconic. I always love going on. It's a small world, but I think to your point about yo ho yo ho, I probably slay for me is that that song is notorious that if you are stuck on that ride that that is that is another experience in and of itself and that is one of those songs that is so repeatable and it's done throughout the entire attraction that if you get stuck at any point in time 
you know, it's going it's going to wear on you a little bit. In fact, they actually Disney themselves made fun of that fact in The Lion King. They do. They make fun of themselves for that quite a bit, knowing that. But I mean, also different parts of the ride have different variations of the song. I know they're sung in different languages, but even like my favorite part is actually the Polynesian section because you don't hear even any lyrics. It's all the instrumentals and it's That's very, true. very like luau um, tropical um, Hawaiian Polynesian type of feeling to it. So um, I just had to make sure it was on here. Like we can't have an, a, a, like even a favorite Disney uh, theme songs, Disney attraction theme songs without saying it's a small world. It's, it is probably the most iconic Disney song of all time. Um, just in how it's transcended around the globe. I mean, truly um, it's made it a small world after all. Um, but if we're actually talking about, favorites my favorite at disneyland is that's unique to disneyland is the space mountain theme written by michael giacchino it is it is very good i will yes it's one of those that's uh the first time i rode space mountain and you know with the 2005 michael giacchino score i was like electrified like at the end like a coaster is thrilling but the soundtrack adds so much to it so um and it feels you know he wrote the theme to the music to the incredibles and it feels very incredibles as you're writing it um Mm -hmm. very much the same instruments but it's like adventurous and heroic and um fun and thrilling and so that was uh one of the ones i would have on here for sort of an honorable mention um that i that i really enjoy the other honorable mention wasn't originally on my list, but uh, now thinking back to it, uh, is Splash Mountain. Uh, again, taking songs from uh, one of the Disney films into here, but again, we're going to break all the rules here. And still, but <laughs> still to me, because you can't really find Song of the South legitimately, I will say that they're pretty, like, I don't want to say original, but like that's where most people are going to know the songs now, is going to be from the original Splash Mountain. And um, so everything from you know, how do you do to Zippity Duda and Laughing Place. I mean, every single one of those songs is like super fun and catchy. And uh, so that is, that definitely is a, like every time I hear that music, I'm, you know, happy and bouncy and just absolutely love all that music in that attraction. Absolutely. Except for Did maybe the any? Disneyland version, the one. So in the Disneyland version, there's, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the song, but at the, right before you go up the final hill, there's that very oh, yeah. minor song, and it's about like basically. It's Rare Rabbit's Laments, I think it's called. Rare Rabbit's, I mean, even the title could give you an idea <laughs> of this. And it's this very dark song. I'm like, wow, this is like, this is very morbid for, for Disney. For, so I'm kind of glad they X that, that scene out or change it up at least a little bit for the Disney World version. So I'll say probably not that one, but um, every other, everything else about that attraction is just so much fun. Absolutely. Do you have any across the Esplanade at Disney California Adventure? I do. I just have one though. So if you have multiple, it's probably the same. It's probably the same one. Go for it. It's World of Color. Oh, I didn't think about nighttime shows. Obviously, oh, you know, World well, of okay. Color. So I'm breaking the rules again because we, yeah, you're right. We didn't technically didn't say we could do nighttime shows. Um, we don't. But have you could say it. I do. I do love World of Color. So go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I this opens up a Pandora box because we go back. Oh, we could do all the other nighttime shows, but Happily uh, for After, Wishes, Illuminations, yeah, Harmonia. Yeah, we could go. We can go on and on. So I would think for so honestly, that was the only one I had on my list personally was World of Color. Um, there's other ones that I really do like. So there's some of the other rides and tracks, and I do really like the soundtrack. But the reason why I 
made I guess broke the rules again for this one particularly is that the sound the the entire musical experience of World of Color. I mentioned there was two th- two attractions at Disney parks that makes me cry. This is the other one. It is such a beautiful rendition of um, a you know gambit of different songs from Disney all the way to World of Color, which is an actual theme song to the world world of color show that they've adapted for this attraction and to me that is a such a beautiful way of coming for full circle because walt disney did world of color show that was like his first foray into into television was through world of color and so to kind of bring that full circle into this this whole beautiful extravaganza of celebrating uh, Disney f- and Pixar films is is absolutely incredible. And the the selection, especially the original version, I will also be specific here. The original version, I still feel like is the best. And the the choices that they made, and not only the not only the specifically the selection of songs, but the order of it too, also brings you along this story through this entire attraction. And yeah, you know, I you know it's funny. I was even. Uh, talking to you about it earlier, I probably listened to to that at least a handful of times from yesterday and today because that's how much I love it so much. I do too. I've always shared on the show that it's actually my favorite nighttime show at Disney. Um, so I'm 100% with you. Music is really part of it, um, part of the reason why I love it so much. In addition to the fountains, the colors, the it's overwhelming in person. Um, it's one of those things that you can't really... If you watch it on video, you get an idea of it, but you really don't know. That's one of the things you have to see in person. Yeah. Um, What's on your list? Soren. I really like Soren. I I don't know if it was really a favorite of mine specifically, but I do really like Soren's soundtrack. I love the original. Go ahead. Soren over California. I look, Jerry Goldsmith did an amazing job. I've got to also throw some respect to, you know, person i've i've shouted out about several times here bruce broughton did the updated version and he had a very difficult task on his hands to take jerry goldsmith's beautiful score keep it but adapt it to soaring around the world and i thought he did a great job i mean obviously he didn't write the song from scratch it was a lot of the theme of soaring is is played throughout from jerry goldsmith so yes obviously if you have an original version and then like uh an adapted version, especially when the original is so beloved, it's hard to say that the new is better than the old, but I still think that Bruce Broughton did an amazing job with the updated version. So I do agree. Not my favorite, but I definitely would agree, but also great, uh, great job with, with the soundtrack. Um, I will also mention too, uh, again, taking is taken from films with the cue for Soren is also fantastic. And they have yes. uh, music from the Rocketeer and all these amazing, you know, uh, films about flight. Uh, the one that I will say is very interesting is that always amuses me is that there are there is some from Air Force One, <laughs> and to me, and that's a rated R film, and to, to me, it always tickled me like listening to him going, "Why is like a soundtrack from a radar film <laughs> on the queue for a Disney ride?" So that always kind of kind of amused me. It's it's related to flight, and I mean, no sure. child listening to that is going to understand it's from a rated R movie. Um, <laughs> so it's you know it's it's okay. Um, I think that's that they can Disney can let that one slide. <laughs> but um, we have we have come full circle across the entire continent for Disney park songs, and we had such a long list. Um, what would be your favorite if you had to pick one? Uh, okay. Well, now, so here's the thing. We broke the rules a couple of times. So do you we have. want me to narrow it down? 
I want you to pick one that was written specifically for the parks. Okay. It could be extinct. Could be could be current. That's still really hard. That's like picking my favorite child. I, mean, I know it's, it's really... kind of it's kind of like picking a favorite attraction. So it's not uh, an easy easy thing to answer at all. Oh man, I would say I would say one little spark. Honestly, it's probably that's a good one. Yeah, I would say one little spark because that's the song I can never get. You know, gets old, and I can re- you know I can pretty much recite the entire thing. So. Um, and that, that is also very reminiscent of my childhood. So I would say one little spark probably is, if I was going to pick one, that would probably be it. You know, originally I was thinking I would say horizons, new horizons, but I think I'm going to say great, big, beautiful tomorrow. That one also would have been the other one. It was going to be like, honestly, between one little spark and, and there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. It's good. It was going to be those two. Absolutely. Well, this was fun. We talked for quite a while a about some of our favorite uh, Disney Park soundtracks. And Thank we you, everybody, for enjoying, listening to us. If you're still if you're still listening, <laughs> I appreciate us talking and geeking out about uh, Disney attraction music. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it for sure. And if you want to hear a part two of this, let us know what topic in the Disney music space you would like us to discuss next. So reach out to us through the 8020 show or through Imagine Your Podcast and uh, let us know. But um, Mike, this was fun. So thanks for thanks for joining and co-hosting this first Mouse in the Music episode. Thank you, Matt. This is so much fun. I really enjoyed it. With that, we close out episode 122 of the Imagineer podcast. I want to give a very special thank you to Mike once again for coming onto the show and talking about his favorite Disney attraction soundtracks. As always, I have such a blast talking with Mike about anything related to Disney. And this conversation was especially one that I knew that both of us would absolutely geek out about course want to turn this conversation over to you and hear what your favorite disney attraction soundtracks or themes are at disney's hollywood studios disney's animal kingdom disneyland and disney california adventure you can pick one for all of those or one for each whatever you would prefer or perhaps multiple answers whatever you would like you can send me your answers and feedback in so many different ways you can reach out on social media on facebook instagram tiktok and linkedin at imagineer podcast on twitter at imagineer news and in our facebook group which is the imagination also called the imagineer podcast disney fan community or you can send me an email at matt at imagineerpodcast.com If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast app that will ensure that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available. And if you have a moment to leave us a rating and a review in the Apple Podcast Store, That does so much to help this community out. The best thing that it does is those who search for Disney, they're more likely to find it if they search an Apple podcast. And if they do come across Imagineer podcast in one way or another, it of course lets them know what they can expect before they hit that play button. And I do read each and every review that comes through Apple podcasts. I'm so grateful to those of you who have left a rating and a review in Apple podcasts in the past. 
The best thing you can do for the show, though, is very simple, and that's to hit that share button. Whether you're listening or whether you're sharing on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, or sending a, uh, a message to family or friends or just talking about Imagineer Podcast with friends and family who love all things Disney. It's a great way to help this community out. You can join or invite them to join our Facebook group or listen to a particular episode of the show or the podcast as a whole, whatever works for you. But I am very thankful to those of you who have continued to spread the word about Imagineer Podcast. And if you would like to take your love of Imagineer podcast to the next level, definitely take a look at our Patreon group over at patreon.com slash Imagineer podcasts. That's a way that you can help to support the show financially. And in return, you get special perks, benefits, and rewards. Things like early access to every podcast episode, bonus podcast episodes just for Patreon members, exclusive daily Disney content, access to a private Facebook group, weekly Disney Plus watch parties, private virtual events, and so much more. These terms and conditions are subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show, but you can learn more and subscribe to our Patreon group by heading to patreon.com slash Podcast, and I have a link there in the show notes of this episode and over at imagineerpodcast.com. I would also encourage you to check out our partners. First, if you're interested in the latest Disney news, definitely take a look at our partner, The Kingdom Insider, over at thekingdominsider.com and The Kingdom Insider on your favorite social media channels to, again, get the latest news about things happening in the world of Disney and even how to bring the magic of Disney into your own home. And when you're ready to book a Disney vacation, your next Disney vacation, to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Aulani, or any other Disney destination, look into our travel partner, Academy Travel. They are a diamond earmarked agency, which is the highest level of distinction that Disney awards travel agencies, and they've been in this business for over 25 years. They can offer you an incredible amount of service and help you to really plan out the details for your next Disney vacation, and it comes at no additional cost to you, which is such a great perk. You can, of course, request more information by visiting the travel links in the description of this podcast episode or by heading to imagineerpodcast.com. Click on the travel drop down and select your destination. If you fill out that form, they will get back to you as soon as possible with a free quote for your next Disney vacation. And well, folks, this is the last episode of 2021. We're heading into 2022. I want to wish you an incredible holiday season, no matter what you celebrate, um, no matter where you are, uh, if you're celebrating with family, friends, or even celebrating alone, whatever it is that you're doing this holiday season, I hope it is an absolutely magical one. And as we are about to turn the clocks to 2022, I want, you to encourage, I want to encourage you to think about what your goals are for the upcoming year, what your mindset's going to be going into 2022. Whatever dreams you have, now's a great time to write them down and write out those action steps to make that dream a reality. Remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons, if you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode in the year 2022 of Imagineer Podcast.